to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle's Geeks with uh, Blake Howard and Sophie Live. Geese are gaggling. What does that mean, Blake? It means it's gaggle of geeks time, sir. I just love that. It just comes out of nowhere every week. It's great. I know. I still get surprised by it. It's like, where's it coming from? What? There's, a, there's at least 20 outtakes of this show where we both have started talking and they're like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> but this is the 2SEO podcast where we talk about all things good and geeky and pop culture and just pretty much wrap up the week in geek news. That is absolutely correct. I am Blake Howard. I am Sophie Alai. You can also catch us on So Hot right now. But what's really hot right now, Blake? Oh, <sighs> Black Panther is hot right now, Soph. The hottest right now. It is so hot. It is. <laughs> it is absolutely... Yeah, I mean, look, it's the movie that everyone's been talking about. It's the number one movie that I think both of us had on our top of lists uh, last year. Yep. Most anticipated, very, very closely followed for me behind Mission Impossible Fallout. And from what I'm hearing, if you go and see Black Panther, you get to see at least the Mission Impossible Fallout trailer, which is pretty awesome, before you go and see the awesome Black Panther. But all your movies, all in one place, Blake. I know, it's all the, all the fun <laughs> stuff. So, look... For folks who are living under a rock, Black Panther is Marvel's latest iteration of the entire Marvel Universe. We were introduced to Black Panther in Civil War, or yep. the Captain America Civil War movie, and... He was the best part of it. He was absolutely the best part of it, shortly <laughs> followed by Tom Holland, Spider-Man. We saw Spidey in Spidey Homecoming, and we've now seen Black Panther. It's written and directed by Ryan Coogler, um, who is a bit of an, one of the most talented filmmakers, young filmmakers going around in the States at the moment, made the awesome Fruitvale Station, which is devastating and great, made the sensational Creed and completely reinvigorated what was thought to be a dead Rocky franchise um, with, you know, an entry that is arguably as good as the original film. Uh, and he's now back behind the lens to bring Chala, to, uh, played by Chadwick Boseman, to the big screen and to sort of tell his story and really uh, it does carry on directly from Amer uh, Captain America Civil War. If you haven't seen it, Charles' father Chaka dies in a terrorist attack and he inherits the mantle of King after already having the mantle of Black Panther. So it's a rare occasion yep. for the King to be the Black Panther as well as um, uh, the King and uh, it's kind of that struggle. And what a beautiful struggle it is because it is possibly one of the most beautiful well-shot films I've seen it's oh, it's so stunning. Like, it's stunning. Visually, just, it's a feast for your eyes. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, there's a couple of things, like, you just notice straight away. And, uh, like, in any movie, there's, like, a texture. Um, and it just looks slick. And it feels, you know, feels amazing. It's like a, it's a techno sort of spy thriller feel. Like it feels very James Bondy. Like you know, the, the answer to a black James Bond sort of sci-fi movie uh, that you're seeing. It's set, you know, around this uh, fictional technological wonderland of Wakanda where vibranium asteroid landed and since then the civilization has been far more advanced and hidden to protect themselves isolationist and tiny and so you begin this movie in a place um, you, be you begin this movie in like a, an, an attack and you're, you're flying out of you know, what look like flying spaceships and you fly through invisible force fields into oh beautiful, luscious technological cities. And, you know, if, forget Iron Man, you know, having a briefcase with an Iron Man suit. You know, mm. these guys wear a, a claw necklace and it just like your, a vibranium suit appears on their entire body. It's ridiculous. And it's so sleek. And the thing I loved about it was the way it incorporated traditional culture and where with this new technological means yeah. and it's seamless. You know, you see people with lip disc and you're just like, oh, you don't see those kind of people around. And then he's just playing with like the most high tech watch you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. And you're just like, yeah. So there's this kind of thing like, oh, these people are like, you know, in the desert, they're bush people. Like, no. <laughs> it's no. incredible, this beautiful balance. Yeah, it's probably not since Star Wars that mm. you've seen um, kind of rustic or, 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 na uh, like what you would consider to be sort of, you know, 
classical original cultures that meld perfectly with technology. And I think what's so awesome and different and vibrant about this perspective is that it's coming from, you know, it's coming from people of color telling their story. And you know what? Like Marvel, like Marvel's a real frustration for geeks out there. Like there are some geeks I think who are just unabashed and they love it. And it's this great escapist popcorn fun. And then I think, you know, geeks who really care about this stuff, like they start to weigh on you. You just, you start to go, this isn't saying anything. It's not doing anything interesting. And then those movies that come around, like previously, like Captain America, Winter Soldier in this Mm -hmm. Marvel, you go, wow, oh my God, why is this so good? It's because it has something to say. And that's what Black Panther, like, goes from looking slick, being fun, being action-packed, being littered with incredible actors all over the place. It actually, it's the central story is... Charla ascending to the point of king and then a conflict and a challenge coming from an outsider or who we think is an outsider to begin with. Um, a, a guy who's nicknamed Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan. And, and and apart from turning the lesbians gay, according to Letterboxd and the internet, um, uh, it's what's so amazing about the conflict is that it brings in the voice of basically an African-American voice into this thing who's been militarized from living in, a, living in America's, you know, hostile racist society, coming over to this isolationist, far advanced and very well-off African country um, where he may or may not have ties to and saying, how have you let people of color suffer while you guys have lived in luxury? It is possibly one of the best Marvel villains I've seen because... It has so much depth yes. to it, and you just don't see that anymore. Like usually, you see with Iron Man's like ah, rich guy just want more power, and you've seen that so often. But this is actually touching on contemporary issues that we're still dealing with today. Yeah, and it's it's pretty brave to see them in a blockbuster because right now we're seeing, you know. This this movie has broken all records of pre-sales. It's eclipsed, you know, the Star Wars is even in terms of pre-sales. Mm. It's getting a massive response. It's social media wise already it's virality, like to use a very sort of um, <laughs> analytics word, but like it's the most talked about movie online of the year already, eclipsing any other movie. It's just flooding the internet at the moment. And what's so amazing is that, you know, people are wrestling with these concepts, apart from the fact that it's a really great and, and accomplished and well-made movie and sort of a real, you know, it does have flaws, but it's sort of a flawed masterpiece. The fact that it does have flaws and does have complex characters will make people want to have conversations about it. And it's and it's just, I don't know, there's just, you know, Michael B. Jordan essentially for me steals this whole movie. I think great, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Dark Knight, great movies have great villains. You know, No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardem's Anton Chigurh mm-hmm. is a great villain. You know, uh, Apocalypse Now, Marlon Brando's Colonel Kurtz, great villain. Heat, Robert De Niro <laughs> as Neil McCauley. Great villains, like great movies and great conflict come from great, complex, challenging villains who you deeply not only empathize with, but sympathize with. And I think that he just, man, he just completely and utterly knocked it out of the park. I'm sorry to go on like a massive gushy rant, but it's, I was just completely blown away with his performance and what he had to say. You're in lesbians with him, aren't you? I am in total lesbians with him. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in gays with him. He is so amazed. Yeah, no, look, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler have worked together on the last three films. And yeah. so it's no surprise that he was cast. And it's no surprise he did great work because, you know, it was highway robbery that he wasn't talked about in awards for Creed. Mm. But, man, he is so good in this. And it's just so refreshing. Like, you have a 90% cast who are people of colour. Yes, with your two to- token white guys. Tolkien. Tolkien. Tolkien and token white guys. <laughs> yes, because Andy Circus and... Oh my- Martin Freeman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so white, I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's so white, I forgot his name. Um, Andy Circus is, pl- is camping it up as uh, Ulysses Claw, mm-hmm. killing the game. I-, I thought he had a terrific, wild and crazy performance. Yeah, although my friend was like saying, oh, you know, now that Martin Freeman's officially part of this, what happens if, you know... He sees Doctor Strange. Is there going to be a crossover? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. The, the, Martin Freeman's now in this. They're going to make gushy eyes at each other, oh. and then Sherlock fan fiction in oh Tumblr is going to go off the freaking rock. They will. There'll just be a few, few <laughs> like you know, subtle eye looks and done. And I just also love it. It is like 
really feminist. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Um, you have the amazing Angela Bassett playing uh, Charla's mother, Ramonda, mm. who's just killed it. And then I think this is the breakout star, um, Letitia Wright, who plays his little sister, Shuri. Every moment she's in there, I get excited. Yeah, she's great. There's something about these Marvel movies. I think p- people said it a few years ago prior to Tom Holland coming in that it kind of was skewing older. You had a lot of people in their 30s and mm-hmm. heading towards 40s. You know, Downey Jr. was the older, you know, the old guard at sort of 45, 50. Yeah. Um, and then when Tom Holland comes in, it's like, it's like, whoa, there's this massive injection of youth. And I think that's the same here with Wright. She's just so... You know, she, she's got this youthful vibrance and you're like, oh man, this is really, this is really what these movies need. They need to, they need to be bridging the gap between these established heroes and, and the people who, and the, and the, and, you know, the people who help them and idolize them. Of course. And like, you know, other Marvel movies, they're all very isolated, like no family, just them doing their thing, dealing with their issues. While here, he's got such a huge support network and I just love how they keep him grounded. And it's relationships that you can relate to. It is uh, Wright's relationship with Bozeman. It's actual sibling. Like, like yeah, you can feel cute. it. You're just, yeah, I would totally just diss my brother like that. Yeah, of course. And as you mentioned, the vibrancy. When she gets so excited working out new technology, I'm like, oh my God. She's a little, she's a little nerd and it's freaking awesome. It is so awesome. Um, and the other thing is playing the head of the Dora Miligi. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. But it's their head of guard, which is all female guard. Oh, badass, bald, African American honeys, basically. And it's Danae Guerrera from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Shredded the dreads, no sword, but with one hell of a staff. One hell of a staff, one hell of a spear. She's oh. a badass. And it's just every moment with them in it. Um, her with Lupita Nyong'o also thrown in. Lupita Nyong'o again, another Oscar, another Oscar winner mm-hmm. in uh, in the Marvel universe coming along. She's great. Seriously, one of the ladies all together. I'm just like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not. It's like a movie of this time mm-hmm. that is told in a really timeless fashion. Yeah. So I think that that's what's also great about it. You know, like my, you know, t- sorry to talk Shakespeare, but like my favorite Shakespeare play is Julius Caesar, and it's great because the conflict is Brutus. You know, you know, William Shakespeare famously was almost going to call it the tragedy of Brutus before he called it Julius Caesar, and that's literally the conflict. It's this central conflict where you've got Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, and you've got Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, and there's a deep conflict that they're being drawn together. They're going to they're going to be there, but they also deeply understand one another and empathize with one another, mm. and uh, and you know they. I mean, the final line that Michael B. Jordan says in this movie, in the final gesture, is more potent than any exchange that any Marvel movie has had with a villain to date. Oh, and it just... It's a gut punch. It's a gut punch where you actually need to hold on something tight before you fall over from just the sheer emotion that it delivers in that moment. Yeah. This movie's really fucking great. (laughs) Just in a nutshell. So great. It's excellent. Not perfect. No. It is flawed. And I kind of think it adds to it. There was definitely some places where I think it could have been explored further. Like, I would have happily sat for another half hour. Yeah, it's really strange because I think some of the flaws immediately feel like a lack of exploration or a yearning for there to be something more. Um, and I and I think also it's about, you know, they're doing... that. You sometimes get frustrated with movies that don't do enough but this does so much that I think that that's part of its flaws in some instances because it has to do so much to, like essentially open up an entire, like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor did, opening, uh, opening up the inter- intergalactic world to the Marvel Universe. This is actually opening it to the third world, um, or, or at least our concept of the third world uh, to a large degree. And, and just turning it on its head completely. Yeah, and flipping the lid, right? So it has so much work to do. Um, but I think where it anchors it is terrific portrayals um, and, and real central characters who care and, and feel real and have a really dynamic, real-feeling conflict. So at the end of the day, you just sort of go, there's a few things here that, you know, that you could absolutely, you know, be criticised or you would call flaws, but um, by far, you know, it's not really since Guardians 1 uh, and then maybe The Winter Soldier before that that I've that I've thought the Marvel that Marvel has done something that surprised me, but uh, this is way more emotionally powerful and, and real than yeah. those movies. For me, it was Winter Soldier because that was, you know, the concept of privacy, freedom, 
and what is all of this in the name of safety? Like, that was actual things we deal with day to day with national security, terrorism. What do you do in a yes. case like that? So that for me was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it had, is, so- it had something to say. It had something to say. This is going to change the whole Marvel universe. And then they didn't go with it. And I'm like, I am so angry. <laughs> I am so annoyed. You're just going back to your usual just super heroics fighting against each other. And then like this one, again, something to damn say. And yeah. people are excited. You've got Black Panther challenges. Yeah. It is change- It In a way, like its impact is going to be major and... I don't know if people know how far it's going to go, but it's going to make a huge cultural impact. It's so weird that right now, where as we're talking about this, around the world is like it's opening days. Mm. And so it's only really been sneak peeks and early screenings and previews and you know people from the media and influencers or whatever the hell you want to call them <laughs> that have had a lucky chance to sneak it before now. Yeah. But um, it's going to be so fun to be seeing if we're talking about this in December. Because I think it might be the start of something. I hope he gets nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> I if if anyone is going to get nominated for a performance, it is Michael B. Jordan in this movie. Yes. <laughs> like as much as you love all those other actors, and it's got multiple Oscar winners in this movie: Forrest Whitaker, Lupita Nyong'o. Like mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan is a guy who I would totally, you know, I would totally not be mad at a Michael B. Jordan in a uh, best supporting actor category in a year's time. But I also don't want to talk about it for God's sake, because how dare us <laughs> before this year's Oscar? But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I'm excited. Look, it's a great movie. It's Black Panther. Oh, it's excellent. So good. Go see it. Yeah. In the great words of Candy Bowers, all the stars. <laughs> <laughs> all the stars. All the stars. A hundred and more. <laughs> Just more stars. <laughs> stars. 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 Also, that soundtrack. Wow. Holy moly! Curated by Kendrick Lamar. I've had it on repeat for the past three days. I've had it on repeat for the whole week. Mm. I actually finished the last <laughs> gaggle when when it had just came out, and I yeah. literally was listening to it the whole way home. I've listened to it a stack all week. Um, it's an incredible album. And what's so awesome is that I feel like it's got both the anger um, and a deep sympathy for the Killmonger character. There's some like amazing rip-roaring ro- tracks and it's like he's like their tragic hero. He's like their revolutionary. Absolutely. And, you know, this is coming. Most of those artists are American. Yeah. And coming from that region. And coming from <laughs> those. And, like, you know, Kendrick does address so many of these things in his music. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty powerful album. And it's a weird. It's so weird, though. Cool for you that you listen to it after seeing the film. But, like, when I saw it, I, I then like had a totally different experience because I was hearing all these tracks and these these echoes and things and it's inspired by the film as much as you hear some um, tracks that yeah. are in the film. So they're not calling it a soundtrack, they're calling it the album. The album. Yeah. Yeah, so it's wow. It's a great album mm. and a great film. And do watch some of the video clips because oh, yeah. like great. Kendrick and Scissors, All the Stars is terrific. One of the most beautiful odes to Africa <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's just, you just want to cry watching it. Yep. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, we've been ranting about Black Panther for about 17 minutes. Yep. Like. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Oh. So, which brings us to our next topic for this week's gaggle. Incredible 2. Yeah, we finally got a glimpse. And for so long, people have been speculating on how the hell they could go back, people yearning for, for, you know, for us to go back. And Brad Bird's, like, Brad Bird's Incredibles, I think for me, and I think why it worked so perfectly, it was like I found a way to mix a kind of James Bond plus sort of Watchmen plus like a a family sitcom all into one beautiful package. And it was, you, you watch it, Incredibles 1 is still so amazing. And what's... And have a listen to this Disney if you're listening, you damn jerks. This might be my rant. I went to freaking Disneyland when I was in Paris and I looked everywhere for one piece of Incredibles merch. Nothing. Nothing. And then Disney stores, Disneyland, what the hell is going on? Thankfully, Incredibles 2 is coming out. I'm sure there'll be a stack of Incredibles merch that will be around. But that pissed me off. But anyway, back to I'm the- just going to blame that completely on the Parisians. Yeah, damn Parisians. Um, but yeah, so no, Incredibles 2, the trailer, you don't know what to expect. 
But bang, it kicks off immediately right at the end where the Underminer um, comes up uh, and, and makes a special appearance. And then a, a, a what appears to be some kind of philanthropist, some billionaire, decides to reintroduce superheroes and he wants to reintroduce superheroes with Elastigirl as the superhero, not Mr. Incredible. So, Mr. Incredible, Bob, is Mr. Mum in this movie. And it's... Stay-at-home daddy. Stay-at-home dad. So, his Elastigirl wife can go out and live the lifestyle. And it is a terrific way to tackle these characters again. Absolutely. Because in the first film, like, he was working at a dead-end job, but he was the working one, even if it was the dead-end job. Yeah. She was at home taking care of all the kids. And, and she did it really well. Yeah. yeah. Pretty effortlessly, in fact. Exactly. And even with superpowers, turns out, parenting, it's a hard deal. It is a hard deal. Especially when one's a baby who just chucks a tanty and just powers full-blown everywhere. That's what I've been saying to you behind the scenes so since <laughs> November last year. No, it's like... But it's it's just great. Like, it's so funny to watch... Um, you know, that, you know, being a stay-at-home dad and parenting, like, amplified to the nth degree when your kids are actually supers. Um, it's great. It's just, I don't know, there's something so great about it because you thought, oh, are, are they going to go bigger? Are they going to make the villains bigger? And, and I'm sure, look, I'm sure we're not seeing every, you know, there's a whole stack of this movie that we're not seeing. Mm. But I just love to think that they went, no, we're not going to go bigger. We're actually going to bring it home. Because yeah. getting these fun characters in a confined space and watching them struggle um, to sort of make it work, especially after a taste of being super and then having to be normal again. It's just even more agonizing. It seems like a great way to tackle the story. And that, for me, actually makes me way more excited because of that, because it actually seems like it's going a different direction. And I just love he also brings back um, his uh, super friend <laughs> to yeah. help him with the parenting. <laughs> yeah. And they're both just like... Don't know what to do. His uh, kid's just, he's on fire. He's like, I can't keep giving you cookies. Ah! <laughs> tantrum becomes a monster. Also has Edna Mo. I love Edna Mo. She's the best. May that iconic woman always be in film. <laughs> and also, just as a tidbit, mm. Edna Mo, voiced by Brad Bird. I know. The director. Does a great lady voice. It does. Based on Anna Wintour. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> She's no Meryl, though. <laughs> no. But still on superhero news, Batman Ninja is an animated um, feature from DC, and it has an English version, because it's ori- it was originally a Japanese anime. It was originally a Japanese anime. They've now got an English-language trailer out, and it's going to be released, I think it's April? Yes. And um, it's from the, uh, from the makers of Afro Samurai, and it's set... so. Th- Let's just right, put this right up front. Set in feudal Japan, mm-hmm. Joker has travelled back in time with a few advancements in technology. He's trying to rewrite history and wipe Batman out of existence. Yet it's called Batman Ninja. There's no ninjas in Japan. <laughs> There's samurai in Japan. Why isn't this called Batman Samurai Soap? I don't know, because he's clearly <laughs> not dressed as a ninja. He's not being full stealth mode. He is literally in samurai, like, armor and waving about a samurai sword. And then riding a samurai-armored samurai horse through feudal Japan, where there are no ninjas. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe because the guy was, like, made Afro Samurai. They're like, we can't call this Afro Samurai. Oh, we can't call it Batman Samurai because I made Afro Samurai. But I'm like, why? They could have called it, like, Batman Ronin. Hey! <laughs> Just give him so for high five because why not? Totally. Why? He's got no master. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, besides the dumb title of this movie, this anime looks rad. And it's oh one of those, gosh. like, the DC animations, they're really hit and miss. And Really? I always find them more hit than the Marvel ones. Uh, yeah, I'll give it that. But if you have a look, like, if you if you look at, say, when they made The Dark Knight Returns into an anime, like, they threw a stack of money at it, and it looked amazing, felt amazing, had great texture. And then they made, like, three other ones that just sucked. Then, um, the uh, the amazing Bruce Timm came in and made the anime movie Gods and 
like um, gods and monsters, which sort of flip the script on a whole bunch of the tropes uh, of the sort of the trinity of DC, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and sort of flipped it all on its head. That was terrific. Again, stylistically very cool, story really unique and different. Batman's like Dexter, a vampire. Superman crashed in Mexico, not in Kansas. Cool, weird stuff, but, you know, sort of alternate universe. Mm. Um, and this one looks similarly cool because you get... You know, it's it's like a pure anime. It looks phenomenal. Oh, and- the animation looks gorgeous, and you, and the action scenes that they've already showed in these trailers. It's like this is gonna go down well, and I'm actually more excited to see it in the Japanese dub than the English dub. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, I would like to see the subtitles. I'd like to see the subtitles. In fact, there is something, but there is something sort of fun about an English dub that's bad, like just a, a little bit bad. Yeah, but. They get proper English voiceover actors for it, so it's not the same. No. Because I want to hear them say, Batman! <laughs> Batman! <laughs> it's Because the villains always have really, really, really deep voices, yes. and that's what I love about So good. It's really good. Yeah, but it looks kind of amazing. I'm really excited to see it. Super excited. I'm super excited for Batman Ninja. I it mean, it reminds me of like the Animatrix in a way, kind of. Yeah, that's, yeah, it got that same yeah, flavor. Yeah. But also, like, you know, we're kind of spoiled, right? Because great anime, like great animation, like looks great. And if you go to just middling animation now, it looks so cheap. Like it looks sh- shit house because there, are, there's just so much out there. Like, uh, and what sh- what you struggle is like you watch even the quality dip in say, like if you even look at Disney stuff, you look at the quality dip between like a Lion King and then like they do a Lion King sequel. It's like, where did you? Where did you get this animated? Like, who... They just u- use the same backgrounds over and again. And in DC, that's what's happened in a couple of these movies. They, like, feel like they're using the same backgrounds, the same stock footage, the same building footage, the same music cues. And you're like, how okay. how many corners do you need to cut to shoot this? Like, I know you kind of, like, it worked in the 90s. But, you know, we're in 2018 Stop. Now. Stop right now. 2018. <laughs> Bruce, Tim... Was a special case because that was the style. You can't put Art Deco into what's happening now. No, no. So yeah, no. Look, looks looks really rad. I'm really excited. Joker looks insane. Yeah, he looks cool. It looks like yeah. They're not voiced by Kevin Conroy. No, real weird. Which is strange because even if it's not part of that whole Batman animated series, he's come back to a lot of the new feature films in the animated. Yeah, he has. I mean, look. I think it's like. Hey, Kevin, do you want us to pay you lots of money to do the thing that you can do awesome that everyone loves in the whole world? He's like, yeah. yeah sure. Sure. I'll do it. And then everyone's like, oh, <laughs> the voice of Batman is back. Mark Hamill. Where's the Joker? <laughs> I, I honestly think that, like, there's got to be petitions out there where fans are like, just go back and read up all of the Batman movies that exist <laughs> with Kevin Conroy's voice. That has to exist. Surely. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Christian Bale Batman movies. Imagine dubbed over by Kevin Conroy. Better or worse movies? Better. Yeah. Like Christian Bale. Like they were good films, but he went way over the top with that voice, and which is why people mock it so much. They're still great. They're still great, but Kevin I think Conroy can, I just think kind you, of grounded a bit. I think you can lovingly mock things, though. I exactly. think people love to mock things. I mean, come on, we love Bane. Yeah. And. I mean, come on, we just, if you haven't seen it, do look it up, but there is a great video clip of Tom Hardy doing that into a jockstrap. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Okay, we're putting that up online, that's fantastic. He is doing his Bane voice into a jockstrap. I hope it hasn't been used, but... I'm Googling this right now. This is one of those things. So, guys, just behind the behind the scenes of this podcast, we're sitting in studio at the awesome 2SER studios, and we're sitting here... Um, Bane voice jockstrap. And you have so many times, don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. Don't worry. We'll, we'll figure it out. We can edit something in if you, if you get that. But when Sophie says the magic word, Bane doing his Bane, John Hardy doing his Bane voice into a jockstrap to his dog. Here we go. Oh my God. Oh my God. The darkness is all really adopted the darkness. I was born in it, born in by it. I didn't see the light until I was just about in it. It was for me, it was blinding. 
his dog. His dog is just looking at him. This is the greatest thing I've never seen. How have you not seen it? You have Bane tattooed onto your arm. Well, I when I was Googling pictures of Bane, I didn't say Bane jockstrap. Well, clearly you should have. I should have. I mean, how great oh is that? Oh, my God. That is so good. His dog looks so unimpressed. So unimpressed. That is fantastic. Oh, man. We'll put that clip up. That's great. That is excellent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I think I've rendered, like, like, a little speechless. I don't even know what to say. It's, like, the best thing I've seen all week. And I saw Black Panther yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Surely the jockstrap did not trump Black Panther. Didn't eclipse it quite, but pound for pound, you know, I don't know if, you know, 20 seconds of that is amazing. Oh, so good. Well, in more joyful news, shall we move on to our weekly Taika Waititi appreciation? I know. Every week, guys, we seriously weren't trying this week. I thought it'd be nothing. And then a wonderful trailer came up that he, where he is one of the executive producers for. It's a, a little movie that's been announced coming out a little bit later this year called The Breaker Uppers. And it is a bit of an... It, the first trailer dropped on Valentine's Day as a bit of an antidote to uh, yeah. all the lovey-dovey, where it involves two women who run a company... That help you break up with your partner. I think we got to play the trailer. Let's play the trailer, folks, because this is so good. Sheree don't want be with you no more. Sheree don't want be with you no more. Sheree don't want be with you no more. I'm sorry, Jeff, it's over. What? Hello, Breaker Rappers. You want to be single by March? Consider it done. Just because we got gay marriage doesn't mean we need to follow through, you know? I didn't vote for it. You weren't gay eight months ago, Russell. I want a nice, clean break. I don't want years of heartache and stalking and therapy and possible <laughs> violence. <laughs> I'm sure your faces. You work for weak assholes who don't have the guts to talk to their partners. Yep. I'm Jin and this is Mel. Hey, Mel. Hi. Okay. My suggestion is we walk away with our integrity and our faces intact. What do you say? This is the sort of thing that happens when you take charge, Mel. Are you guys strippers? Yes. Graham, I want to make love. Hey, mom. She's pregnant. What the fuck? Just, just go with it. We drive here because the eggs are a bit older. I wanna smash it! Oh, we heard your cackle halfway through oh that my trailer. God. <laughs> so good. That is such a good trailer. Uh, as you can hear, Little Kiwi Indy, Taika Watiti using his powers with the Taika Watiti Presents, looks hilarious. Probably like, oh, some of the best of the best Kiwi actors in there that are up and coming. You've got Rose Matafeo. <laughs> Rose Matafeo crushing it. So oh good. Oh my gosh. You've got some Australian talent um, with uh, Celia so, Pacola. Yeah. But there are not many other people that you may be familiar with. Well, certainly I wasn't to start off with, mm. but I'm guaranteeing you that after this movie, you are going to be familiar with them because, um, yeah, like with, with that endorsement, it, it looks awesome. Just a great, fun, little, silly, goofy comedy and everything. Actually, I've got to figure out what the percentage is, but a movie is probably 30% funnier if it's Kiwi in accents, and uh, this is an entire Kiwi accented movie. I'll take that stat. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I I'm- think it's true. Surely. <laughs> it has to be. I mean, uh, every Kiwi film you watch, aside from the piano, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the piano was funnier because it was set in New Zealand, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Um, but I'm not sure if she was after that. But, you know. <laughs> the campion was quite there. But no, it's um, look, it just looks hilarious. Like it's all there, right? It's it's a great stupid premise. Um, it's it's like 
It's it's perfect. Stupid duo comedy. Great. That's exactly what you need. It's exa- like, it looks just like a barrel of laughs. It looks like it's exactly what you would... You know, it does what it says on the tin. I can't wait for it. It looks awesome. Actually, what are you more excited about in trailer form? Yep. Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Or Breaker Uppers. Breaker Uppers. Yeah, me too. I mean, I saw Incredibles 2. I was like, oh, that's... It's like a nice hit of nostalgia. But the moment I saw the Breaker Uppers, plus presented by Taika Waititi, it's like, sorry, what's this? This show should be presented by Taika Waititi. <laughs> Really I think we're just going to get should. that that badge. If you watch the trailer, which I'm sure we'll put up on us on the Gaggle of Geeks post on the So um, So Hot Right Now page, you'll see it. But I almost guarantee you that we could totally put the present Taika Waititi presents badge from that trailer on our show because basically every week we're talking about Taika. I actually thought we weren't going to have any Taika talk. We need something like that. I know Taika talk weekly Waititi <laughs> weekly Waititi. <laughs> We were almost the Weekly Watiti podcast. I think maybe we should be. Is this going to be a spin-off? Maybe. <laughs> Shit, we're already spinning off. We're like the Flash and Supergirl and Arrow. Oh, man. Oh, CW. Too many. I'm so glad they're keeping Black Lightning separate. I'm like, I'm not touching those other ones for a while. Yeah, don't. I'm just going to stick better. to Black Lightning. And it's doing well. Is Arrow still on? Yeah. So says so positively, and I'm like confused. Yeah, it's still on, and Stephen Amell's actually been announced that he's coming down for Sydney Supernova. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. I just, but it's so funny. Now it just seems like the press is always Supergirl, and the press is always Flash, and the press is always, you know... Um, but it's uh, called the Arrowverse. Right. So, Arrow must exist if the Arrowverse is going I, to I'm exist. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's so rant this time, not me, finally. <laughs> no, but I... When Arrow first started, I loved it. Mm. And we, and before it got all too crossovery, which is the problem with most DC major events anyway, <laughs> like it gets too confusing because you're watching and then halfway through an app, you're like, actually, I have no idea what's going on because the previous episode happened on The Flash or Legends of, of the Tomorrow. Un- of- tomorrow or whatever. Is it tomorrow? Legends of the Universe. Is no. It? I say. <laughs> <laughs> Second Google. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's oh, have a look. Because I, and then I they you totally up- sold me on Legends of the Universe, by the way. <laughs> I don't think it is. Legends of Tomorrow does sound better. Legends of... DC's Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Sorry. Maybe I was trying to, like, amp it Legends up. of the Fall. <laughs> DC's Legends of the Fall. Oh, man. But, yeah, and then they brought in Supergirl, which was on a different network. Yeah. And then they brought that over. And that has tied in nicely, I must say. Mm. But sometimes you just want their own standalone like stories without having to go, oh, do I have to watch four other different shows so I know what's going on? Yeah. That was the kind of refreshing thing about Black Panther. Actually, here's the rant. Oh, finally. Because yep. I don't think the shit list is going to happen. <laughs> no. no, look, um, guys, we do have a shit list, but it's kind of an emerging story. Um, I'll let Sophie summarize it. Mm. But... You may or may not have heard of Gamergate. If you haven't, there's a plethora of information now and retrospectives that talk about it. But something else is emerging online right now, which is equally as complex and convoluted. But it's only seeming to be in its early stages, um, which yeah. is called... Comics Gate. Oh, because got to add gate because that's annoying. But anyway, it, the the that's not the shit list today. But yeah, it's... um. It's an emerging story, so if you, you want to just quickly summarize it, and we'll, we'll be following it along if, if it does sort of blow up, because it's really, you know, it's it's important geek news, but um, it hasn't quite built up momentum. So, at the basically, there's a group of comic book readers who say they want to restore comic books to the way it was, to quality, so they call it, because quality for them means... No people of colour writing, no female writers, and no one that is remotely or aligning to the left. Which, you know, leaves a lot of comic writers out. Probably cuts out three quarters of them. But so they're asking their fellow readers to boycott these writers and creators because they need to, you know, return comics to the state that it was where it was all quality when those stories didn't exist. So, you know, they were the ones. So last year, one of the Marvel teams, she posted a photo of her and all her female colleagues going out for a milkshake after work. Posted on Twitter. 
very innocent, just, you know, colleagues going out. This somehow irked these fanboys, and I put that lightly, like they're not fanboys at all, who literally went after them, like near doxing level, because they were like horrified that these women were in positions of power at Marvel Comics. I just don't even know where to start. And like that was one of like the early points of it, and now it's just starting to steamroll a bit, and now they're asking for boycotts, and it's so ridiculous. So their list is quite... It's getting longer and longer because clearly, like, as, you know, as workplaces diversify and they're looking for different voices, they're going to be cut off from comics completely, which I think, good for them. Don't read (laughs) because it's not for you if this is where you're going. Yeah. The only thing I can say is just there are so many fucking dummies (laughs) <laughs> there are so many of them. Yeah. And I just don't know whether they weren't hit enough as children or something. <laughs> but It's bizarre. I, it is really bizarre. Like, it's bizarre in this world that they think and you know you know, like, okay. There was a time where mm. there were only white guys in control of this and there were great comic book stories told. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with representation. No, for them, they're social justice warriors but, and they're but, trying to take over the world. But uh, to a certain extent, you know, to a certain extent, some sometimes, and the problem is that sometimes there are these, like, virtue signally stupid, like, things done by quota, but that's really not, like, that's that's such a, like, tiny percentage of all corporate environments anywhere um, that I don't know how they, like, it is merit, now you can hire great writers of any color, of any creed, of any gender. doesn't matter. And they're good. And guess what? If they suck, there's another. Say, for example, if you've got a woman writer who's writing a comic book from a, a woman character and she sucks, guess what? There's probably 500 other great women out there who look exactly like her who are lining up for that job. And and again, also, whatever comic book it is, you've probably got another 500 great writing dudes and a great number of writing women and whoever. And, it, you know, looking at that photo of those Marvel female creators made me so happy because, you know, just a few short years ago, probably like, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago, when they did the initial launch line of, of that year, they had like two women. Mm. And it was, it was like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, no, it's based on merit. And I'm like... I'm sorry, there are more than two male female creators here. So where are they? Yeah. Where are they? Because DC could definitely have a lot more right now. Yeah. And don't say it's on merit. That's just lazy. No. Like, look, I mean, Gail Simone. Two words. Gail Simone. Simone. She's like the best comic book writer in the world right now, right? Oh, my gosh. Totally. Like, most of that one. Like, pound for pound. Pound for pound right now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there's no argument. So, yeah, look, um, we'll keep breaking it as it keeps coming, but I don't know how to describe it any other way than they're just so dumb. <laughs> Got to figure it out. But here's my rant oh, on rant. a higher note. Yes. <laughs> spoilers. Oh, that's never good. Hashtag spoilers. Okay. Cut scenes in Marvel movies. Yes. The first cut scene in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil at all. Right. But I will say that it was so refreshing to see a cutscene that was directly related to the movie that we just watched, mm-hmm. but didn't feel at all like it was setting something up. It, it like it felt like it was a continuation. It felt like they just couldn't find space in the in the way that they were tapering off the story to fit it in the movie, so they used that as a cutscene. And, in yep. fact, it was like a perfect little epilogue for me. I, I thought it was great. And it's one of those rare Marvel ones where it doesn't feel like it's trying to do too much. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And then I waited around through the rest of the Marvel credits, and I got to the end, and hashtag spoilers. I'm so sorry. You probably looked it up on YouTube, or you're about to see it. Or hopefully, when you've listened to this, you've seen Black Panther. So, right now, yep. I'm sorry. Switch off rant now. Come back to it next week. I know that on my uh, my Apple Podcast app, if I stop it and I go back to the episode next week, I can keep listening. So right now you're getting the warning. Stop. All right, hammer time. What's going on? What the fuck was with Jesus, Bucky? Like, <laughs> who gives a shit? 
Fucking Winter Soldier. I like him better when he's frozen. Dummy. Oh. I was just saw stupid <laughs> Jesus Bucky, and I knew all the fucking Tumblrites would have been ape shit going, Oh my God, it's Bucky! It's Bucky! <laughs> Fuck Bucky. I oh. don't care anymore. I, I don't care. He's better when he's an ice block or fucking has his arm back. Seeing him dressed as Jesus is the dumbest fucking shit <laughs> I've ever seen. I saw like... Oh my god, I saw... Oh shit, it was so dumb. Made me so angry, so... So angry. I was like, I fucking waited for this. Thankfully, it wasn't as long, or they didn't have as many cutscenes as Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was like, what, five, six? I don't know how many guys. At least that was excessive. It was excessive. But this, yeah. I was like, this is... Suddenly, you're just like, this just threw things off a bit weirdly. What? Huh? Oh. <laughs> just... What is this? Dances with fucking Winter Soldiers? I don't know. And I'm like, I, I don't know if you're trying to like... That was definitely a setup because, like, you know, they also have Cap on Ice somewhere. But, like, what the hell? I fucking hated that end cutscene so much. That was not a good way to end the film. No, why am I. Why, after this beautiful celebration of black excellence, do I have fucking Jesus McBucky? I don't know. I I just don't understand anything except that. I mean, honestly. Why not fucking preview me that Black Widow movie they keep talking about and never making? I know, right? I'll just be Miss Marvel crashing through the, like, Wakanda and they're like, hey, I like that ship. What's it made of? <laughs> like, I would have been Whatever. happy with that. Whatever. But no, we got Bucky. We got Bucky. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give you an alternate universe version of why, what to do with that cutscene to make it the fucking most awesome cutscene of all time. Okay. Numero uno. C. Si. Little. Um, Wright, what's her name? Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Plays Shuri. Shuri. Yeah. I can't, you know, I've, I've poisoned myself because now I'm just calling her Riri in my head because I know <laughs> she's going to be the new Iron Man. So let's just forget that for a second. 100%. Is she really? No, I'm just get That's <laughs> my prediction. So Shuri is standing there and out of the hut yep. walks Nick fucking Fury. Drops the mic. Better movie. Samuel L. Jackson in fucking Black Panther. He needed to be in it. Even if it was just a cameo. Final cutscene. He's just bombing around in Wakanda. Hiding out. Done. Yeah, that's... Drops Mike. That's done. I mean, continues black excellence in that film. Yeah. Black excellence all the way to the end. Not fucking dancers with Bucky's. I hated that so much. That makes me fucking angry that it's even in there. Well, the thing is, you already know he's going to be in Infinity War because you've seen it in the trailer. So, I'm like, I don't need to know what happens to him in between that. No, who I don't gives need to know shit? that it's he's just, in Wakanda. That's just care. like massive Tumblr, like, baiting. You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All my rants have to end with something inappropriate. But... <laughs> In, in, in summer, I, I in su- look, I'm a dad now, okay? And so I don't give a flying F if you, you spot me at a beach around the Sydney area or elsewhere in sluggers because I'm a dad now. I, I don't care. It's over, all right? It's done. I'm wearing sluggers. That's what's happening. Don't care. Um, and I, uh, my wife took a photo of me going to play with my daughter in my sluggers and I posted it. Uh, the picture on my Facebook, and some of my friends said, you're a gay thirst trap. Now... Like, everyone knows that. Yes. <laughs> because all my gay friends always are, like, single, and I'm like, married, woman. <laughs> and so, it is just like a Tumblr thirst trap. That's all it is. There's only one explanation. Who needs to see Bucky anymore? Like, there's... You're, Sophie, you're so right. Exact, you put it exactly perfectly. We know that he is de-iced for Infinity War. Yeah, we've seen it in the damn trailer. He's running Multiple about. Multiple trailers. Multiple trades where he's running behind Cap. Mm-hmm. You know he's there. So in the first big trailer, we saw him there. And in the TV spot, we see him loading a rifle. So we know he's there. So there's no point. Who we haven't seen yet in any of the Infinity stuff is Nick Fury. Nick Fury should have been there. That would have been black excellence, perfection. Done. Done. Wrap it in a bow. Woo! No. Fuck it. I forgot about that. I'm so glad I remembered. Fucking hate that bit. Yeah. That was probably the worst part of that film. It is the worst part. (laughs) Pasty fucking unfrozen fuck. He's not even the thirst trap. No, a Tumblr one, because then everyone just gets to go and draw pictures of him in his Jesus hair and then Captain America with his beard doing it. He did not even look... uh, I was no thirst for that one. (laughs) No, he didn't look good. He He looked lame. He looked sick. 
Yeah. And if he's been in Wakanda, you know why? he should have been a bit healthier. Yeah, he would have been super healthy. Because in Wakanda, you've got all these amazingly gorgeous ebony bodies everywhere, and then you just see this pasty white dude. He looked pastier than Martin Freeman. That's really fucking hard to do. <laughs> that neck level white people white. <laughs> <laughs> that neck level white. But seriously, Bucky Barnes, go away. I'm done. Oh. Like, yeah, some mystery. Some things don't need to be said. Some things He's don't need to be shown. Three movies. Get over it. <sighs> the more Nick Fury. I'm down with that. I would have had. Oh, anyway, look. Now that the- you put that in my head, I'm like, why? Kugler, why? <laughs> That's the only thing. I, I don't know. I, that couldn't have been a Kugler decision. There's no way. There's Feige, no way. why? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, that's been another epic. And we thought rantless, but I found something. Um, uh, we had to. That was... Oh, now you got me angry <laughs> thinking about it again. Yes! <laughs> so... Huh. Huh. Uh. Okay, internet. Here's our demands. Less G- Bucky. <laughs> give us a cut of that movie that I can buy somewhere. I'll buy it. I'm happy to buy it. Where the end cut scene is Samuel Jackson and not pasty as fuck, sick Bucky with no arm. And the thing is, because he's in a weird robe, you, like you can't even just you know Photoshop a head on <laughs> Nick Fury's head because it'll be no. pasty white chest. Pasty white dude. <laughs> But you might be able to just, like, completely, like, make it look like he's wearing black leather and cover the entire body. I don't know. if they Look, I don't know. I'm not... Internet, I'm not, help us out. I'm not as au fait with special effects. Uh, but, but I'm, you know, if you've ever trimmed a clip, video clip, like, there's this great thing, you just split the clip and then you trim it and then you, you know, merge the clips together. I would totally just split the clip and just cut that cut scene completely out of the movie and just end the credits. I'm happy with the first and only cut scene. Wow. We'll make someone in the internet will make it happen. Now that we've put the idea sort it out. out. Sort it Seriously. out. Seriously. Sort it out. Seriously. Seriously. And if you've listened to this before seeing the movie, I'm so sorry. It's I don't want not you to a take- cutscene worth waiting for. Don't wait for it. And if yeah, Okay, if, you- if you're going, leave after the first cutscene. That is the film done. Done. Just leave after that. And then all is well. And you'll laugh at those poor losers who were still in the cinema as they're watching that awful cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> if you go in with a bunch of friends and you don't like some of them, tell them to stay. You just go. <laughs> just go to the bathroom. Yeah. Wash your hands. Splash your face with some water. Wait for them to come out and they'll go, oh, that was a terrible cutscene. You go, yeah, I know, because I'm an idiot. I listened to Gaggle Geeks <laughs> and I've walked out based on Sophie and Blake's recommendation and you idiots stayed in there and watched that dumb cutscene with dumb Bucky. It is. But, like, it's like a form of torture. Like, when you just want to torture someone, it's like something so good. And then you give them something so bad. <laughs> I don't know. Bucky! I'm done. I'm done with Bucky. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. It's over. Let's just end it there, then. Yeah. End it there. But, Blake, thank you for another gaggle of geeks. Thank you, Soph. This has been awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please follow 2SER's Gaggle of Geeks on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, send us some feedback if you've got any. You can hit us up on socials. I am Blake is Batman on the Twitters. I'm Soph underscore lie. And if you ever want to listen to us do a smaller version of this rant, then <laughs> you can listen live on 2SER on 107.3 FM in Sydney or head to 2SER.com and listen live there. We are live from 11 a.m. every Saturday. Woo-hoo. Until then, next time. Bye! Bye. Bye. Fucking Bucky.